Hallelujah. Who was here last Sunday? Show of hands. I'm just doing a continuation on really of uh, last week's message and it was about breaking new ground, breaking new ground in the Kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, this is going to look like something different for every single one of us. You know, we're all positioned in different parts of the community. Our family circumstances look different. You know, married, single, whatever it is, God's always got more. Amen. He always wants to be looking at the next thing that He wants us to do. Stepping into that new thing, breaking new ground, seeing restoration in relationships that have perhaps been broken for too long. That was actually something that I got in my heart this morning, that he wants to bring restoration to relationships and to family. And so, you know, I just really feel like God as well is releasing a revelation on who we are as a, as a local body, who we are to the community. Amen. And that there's purpose to our faith. You know, someone is going to have influence in the community and God wants it to be his sons and his daughters. Amen? Positioned for influence. Isaiah 41 verse 4 says, Who has performed and done this, calling forth and guiding the destinies of the generations of the nations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and the last, existing before history begun, the ever-present, unchanging God, I am He. So that verse really speaks of he had a plan before time began for every town, every nation, every generation. And we as a church want to be the ones that are a part of it. Amen. We want to have faith for his plans, for his purposes. And we're not to underestimate what he can do through every single one of us. Everyone's involved in this. You know, last week we spoke a lot about how uh, we're the body of Christ. We're not a body part of Christ. And, you know, when one part gets stronger, every part benefits, right? Like if your legs get really strong, well, the whole body benefits. Amen. And, you know, this morning as well, I really felt God say um, the spirit of revelation and knowledge is going to be here. So I want you to just be looking out for that one verse that the Lord's going to quicken to you. You know, it's not so much about catchy uh, phrases that sound good. It's about the Word of God and grabbing hold of something this morning. Amen. So, Father, we just open our hearts up to you, Lord God. We just thank you for the ministry of the Word this morning, Father God, that you said man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. So we just thank you, Father God, that every person receives something from you today, Lord, that there's growth and that there's maturity in the house. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's start with our Second Kings. You guys can open your Bibles or your phones. I've got some of the scriptures up on the board, but not all of them. So we're going to start with 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Who's there? Ask your neighbour if they're there. You can get your phones out. That's all good. Awesome. And then follow along. Alrighty. 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 8. And there's a lot in this chapter, but I'm just going to read uh, four verses in this. A little story kind of in amongst the bigger picture. 
But it starts out by saying, when the king of Syria was warring against Israel after counselling with his servants, he said, in such a such place shall be my camp. Verse 9, then the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. So see, we have the king of Syria, the enemy, he's making a plan. But then the man of God gets a word from God and he warns the king of Israel, don't go there, don't go down to this place. So verse 10, then the king of Israel sent to the place which Elisha had told and warned him and thus he protected and saved himself there repeatedly. So this doesn't happen just once, it happens repeatedly. So we don't know how many times, but every time the enemy goes and makes a plan, God warned Elisha, Elisha then goes and tells the king of Israel, hey, I want you two steps in front of this guy, not two steps behind, don't go down there. Verse 11, therefore, the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. He called his servants and he said, will you show me who of us is for the king of Israel? So he's just completely confounded and, and confused. He's like, what's going on? We've got a traitor in the midst. One of you is going to, they're, they're going to tell the king of Israel, aren't you? Is that what's happening? But who knows that God wants his people two steps in front. And you know, this story is such a great picture of uh, how God has positioned us as the New Testament church. And uh, the, the New Testament scripture actually that I got for this was Ephesians 3.10. And it says, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And so sometimes we think that we're the king of Syria here and we're two steps behind the enemy and we're constantly trying to put out fires and I don't know what's going on. But really God says, I wanna use you, the church, to display my wisdom. You know, there's a difference between something being displayed to you. You know, I'm gonna, okay, stand here and look at that picture and that's being displayed to me. But God says, I wanna display my wisdom through you two steps in front of the enemy, amen? And you know, I was thinking about actually uh, when we we're at the World Prayer Assembly and how uh, uh, Rick Ridings just had this word that, uh, of prayer that we're to pray against the premature World War III. And it was just such a word from heaven. He was two steps in front of the enemy before any of that had happened. He had this word from God and that's what we were supposed to pray. And I think that would have just confounded the enemy. He would have been like, what's going on? They're praying that. And see, that's the position that we're called to. Amen? Two steps in front. And you know, sometimes as we start to take new ground in our relationships or in our marriage or in our workplaces, there can be a little bit of resistance. Who knows what I'm talking about? I think of how Moses and Aaron uh, went to Pharaoh for the very first time they went. Things actually got worse for the Israelites. Their burdens got doubled. No longer are you going to get hay. You actually go and have to, you're going to have to go and gather the hay, but you're still going to have to make the same amount. But see, they were sent from God. 1 Peter 5.10. Can we just turn there? 1 Peter 5.10. 
Actually, we'll start from uh, verse 8. And this is a, a scripture we know quite well, but I feel like you've got to read it in its entirety and you've got to read the next few verses after because we know verse 8 very well. It says, Be balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times for that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Who knows that verse? So it's quite well, you know, we're not to be unaware of the schemes of the enemy. But the very next verse tells us why. It says, withstand him. Some verses say, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood all over the world. And so it's like we're aware of the schemes of the enemy, only so we can resist them. But who knows with resistance training, there can be a little bit of pain involved sometimes. You know, pushing weights, you're like, oh, this gets a bit hard. <laughs> but it's always designed to make you stronger. Any trial of the enemy that comes your way, doing it God's way, God says it'll always make you stronger. Amen? So we push through it. We push through that, that resistance. And you know, if you see someone who is going through a bit of a trial, come, come and be their spotter. Get underneath them and help them. And that's you know, what we are talking about last week where we're a body, we help one another. Last week, we looked at uh, John 20, 21. We saw the what, and that's Jesus said to them again, peace be to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And then he tells us the how. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. The what, and then the how. And we also looked at Moses. You know, God uh, gave Moses his heart, Moses went out and looked upon the people and he seen their burdens. And then God says, all right, Moses, I want you to go. You're going to set my people free. You're going to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. But then Moses starts to look at himself, you know, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Who am I to go? And do we remember what God said to him? He just said, I am with you. Exactly what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, my grace is sufficient for you. John 14, 16. And I'll ask the Father, this is Jesus talking, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper, comforter, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener, standby to be with you forever. Verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but he says you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continuously and will be in you. You know, I bring that to God, that, that verse there, where it says, but you know him. He promised that we could actually know the Holy Spirit. The greatest helper lives on the inside of us. Amen. And so, you know, whenever we talk about stepping out and breaking new ground for the kingdom and started starting to believe God for bigger things, uh, we've got to make sure that our heart motives are pure. Amen. We don't want to misrepresent him. We see the Pharisees in the Gospels, you know, they thought that they were working for God, but uh, a lot of the time or most of the time they missed it. 
Amen. So I'm thinking about, you know, heart motives and then Jesus, what are the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then he said, the first is like that one. You shall love your neighbour as you love yourself. It's so funny, when we've been saying grace lately, Ari has really picked up on that love your neighbour as you love yourself. Dear God, we pray for our neighbours next door. <laughs> I'm like, it's just so sweet. She's really got that one. But um, Genesis 15.5, you know, uh, Abraham had a big call on his life and... Um, God said, I want you to get out of your father's land. You're going to go and do something completely different that's never been done before. Genesis 15.5, sorry, 15.1. And I just love God's response here to Abraham. He says, you can have so many other heart motives, but let's just look at this one, Genesis 15.1. And he says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram, for I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. You know, anything we do in God, when we step out, step into the new thing, if we've got that as our motive, just to know God more. I remember when I first came back to church, you know, I'd been away from church for about 15 or 10, 15 years and just came and sat in the back. And I remember speaking to Pastor Pete and I just said, you know, I brought up in a Christian home and I feel like I've sort of been around God a lot, but in this season of my life, God, I just really want to know what it's like to know you. I really want to know you, not just know about you. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, we can come in and do what, go through all the Christian motions, but man, when we've got that pursuit of just to know God, such blessing comes. Nothing else compares to knowing him and walking with him. And so, you know, our purpose is also always connected to loving others. Often we'll be saying, you know, God, I want to see you move. I want to see you do more. But then God's going to say, I want you to go and love somebody. You can't really disconnect the two. 1 John 4.12 says, No man has at any time seen God, but if we love one another, God abides and lives and remains in us and his love which is essentially his, is brought to its completion. It says it's, uh, it's brought to maturity and runs its full course and is perfected in us. And so, you know, we can't really know God without loving others. The two are so connected. And there, there's a world out there that are so hungry to experience and encounter the love of God. It's just so rare and, you know, we had, um, when we were down south for the World Prayer Assembly, we had a, we were only about five minutes away where we were staying from the actual convention centre, but went late one night and uh, the kids were both asleep. So Greg and I were walking out of the convention centre holding the kids and we're like, there's no way we can walk. We're just going to have to get in a taxi. And so we thought, even though it's only probably 600 metres away, got into the front taxi and lovely man got in and, he said, oh, where are you off to? And I said, look, I'm sorry, it's only going to be a short fare, but we're only about 500 metres down the road. It's just, you know, hard to walk with the kids. And uh, his face dropped. He was like, oh, I've been sitting here 40 minutes. 
Um, but that's okay. Like he was polite about it, he was good about it. And I said, don't worry about it, we'll look after you, it's all good. And so anyway, we got, you know, drove out 70 second drive down the road, got out and I just felt that nudge from the Holy Spirit. And I just felt God say, give him 50 bucks. You know, he, he didn't even put the meter on, so it probably wouldn't have been a $6 ride or something like that. And anyway, I gave him the $50 and I just said, we had a quick little chat on the way and he was from overseas. I think he was from India and, you know, quick little chit chat. And anyways, we got out of the car and just said, hey, I'm going to give you this. And I said, you know that God's got you here for a purpose. And, you know, just started to speak to him about Jesus. You know, we've always got to bring Jesus in because there's so many gods. He's got his God, but of course we know it's all about Jesus. And anyway, I gave him the $50 and I said, hey, can I pray for you? Just prayed this short prayer, finished the prayer. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. And it was, you know, it's like $50. <laughs> It, it is actually easier than what we think, you know, because the love of God just so stands out. How many people do we cross paths with every day that we can just show that little bit of God's love, that little bit of kindness? It doesn't need to be get them saved, get them baptised in the Holy Spirit. They all lie down on the ground and <laughs> it doesn't need to be that, you know? The Holy Spirit lives within us and he'll show us what to do. He'll show us how to reach people. Amen. And so we're not to overcomplicate our calling. Whatever we do in Christ, there's grace for it. There's grace to be a mum. There's grace to be a dad. There's grace to be a teacher. There's grace for bringing restoration to your family members. And, you know, I kind of liken it to say, like, Greg and I go up the peninsula every few months and, you know, go for a bit of an explore. And uh, we never want to kind of go off random bush tracks, you know, because it's like, oh, I don't know how that's going to end. You're always looking for the track that's already been cut. And that's what it's like when we step out and step into what God has for us as individuals. The track has already been cut. Amen. It's hard going trying to get off the bush track and do something that God hasn't called us to do. What did he say to the Apostle Paul? Is it hard? It's hard to kick against the goads. That's hard. Grace for our purpose. John 5, 19. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, the son can do nothing of himself of his own accord unless he sees the father doing it. For whatever things the father does, the son in his turn also does in the same way. Doesn't that just simplify it? It's like even Jesus only did what he seen the father do. He didn't just go and step out and try and make his own way and do random things. He's like, okay, I'll just get it from God and I'll go and do that. And I really believe in this season as well, God's showing us as individuals little steps that he wants us to take to break that new ground. You know, I think about when uh, it was about probably seven, eight years ago and I felt God put it on my heart to serve in Croatia. And I was like, oh, that's the last thing I want to do. You know, I don't want to go and look after other people's kids. I've got my own kids. But it was just God kept bringing it to me. 
Okay, Lord. But again, it was just that simple step of obedience that opened the way for the next thing. And that's just how God works, you know. It's to him who has more will be given. Amen. And uh, the last scripture that I want to bring is Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. And it's all about us being assured of our sanctification process. That word sanctification, kind of a big religious word, but it really just means the process that God takes us through as individuals. You know, getting stuff out of our life that doesn't look like Jesus. And I just really feel like we need to be reassured that he's on the job with that. You know, I get it. Whenever I think about sanctification, I get a picture of, you know, those water filters and it has all those different levels. The first level is like the rocks. The second level is some other stone. And it's like you keep going down the levels. And that's what it's like with God. You know, as we go on with him, we go through different levels and he gets rid of stuff out of our lives. You know, I like to say to Greg, hey, you look more like Jesus this week than you did last week. And it's not just because he's got long hair. <laughs> Romans 8:28, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. What did he predestine us to look like? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Amen, that's such a powerful truth that the Holy Spirit is on the job. He's continuously making us look like Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know, he, he is interested in the heart. It's not just about outward appearances and, you know, holding it together and make everything look good, but then you go home and you're a mess. He really is interested in the inward man, the inside of the cup. You know, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and he said, you cleanse the outside of the cup and it's all about putting on a good face and a good show, but you're not letting God get on the inside. Amen. He wants us to walk in wholeness, soul, body and spirit. And as we allow God to take us through that process, we really do go out and show the world what he's like. Amen. He's so faithful in that. Wow, that time went really quick. All right. Why doesn't everyone stand? Thank you, Lord. Get the team back up. Thank you, Lord God. Just close your eyes. Lift your hearts to heaven this morning. We just thank you, Father God. Thank you for your word this morning, Lord God, that, Father, you're so faithful, such a faithful God, that you're taking us all through a process, Lord God, and we just yield to you this morning, Father. We just thank you, Lord, that you've positioned us in the community, Father, to be salt and to be light. And, Father, such a grace being released at this time to your people, Father God, to go out and be witnesses, Father God. We just thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for that willingness of heart. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Worship you this morning, Lord God. 
there's anyone here this morning that you would say, I'm not in relationship with Jesus. I don't know what it's like to walk with Him as a friend, as a Saviour. He so wants that for you this morning. If there's anyone here that hasn't invited them into your heart this morning, can you just raise your hand? He wants to come in and live on the inside of you. He wants to erase that past, that He's not looking at it anymore, that He gives you purpose. If there's anyone here this morning, raise your hand. Praise the Lord, we're all believers. Well, Father, we just thank You for what You're doing this morning, Lord God. We just thank You, Father, that we've been recharged by Your Word, Lord God. And we just thank You, Father, that You're so faithful in every single circumstance. In Jesus' Name, Amen.